Uh, because that's that's probably one of my all-time favorite albums. I've you know, it, it came out uh, when I was in high school, and for whatever reason at that time in my life, I really the songs on the album really resonated with me. Uh, I'll, I'll just almost every song. It's an album that I can listen to forward and backwards, and I have no complaints. You know, I love every song on the album in fact i i even the re-release that they just did the wildflowers and all the rest was really good um, yeah i could just i could listen to that album over and over again and it's one of few albums where i could do that Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me for a return visit is comedian, podcaster, and all-around great guy, Dan Bublitz. Uh, Booblets. 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 I knew I was going to get it wrong. Damn it. That's okay. Should have asked before I recorded. Yes, I know. My my name is spelled J-E-S-S-I-E all the freaking time. Uh, So, (laughs) yes. So, I like that. Well, Dan, welcome back to the show. How are things going? Good. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, for those of you who may not have heard your first episode, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a stand-up comedian uh, in the Midwest. I currently reside in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, I've been doing stand-up for the last 11 years. Uh, also, in addition to stand-up, I also am a podcaster. Uh, I've got my podcast about, you know, comedy podcast called The Art of Bombing, where I talk to performers about uh, bombing and what they learn from it to get better at comedy. Uh, I believe when last we talked, I had a different pod. I had another podcast in addition to that, which was a music podcast, but I no longer do that. I only did a handful of episodes and got to be too much at the, that particular time. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting ready to start another podcast uh, where I talk to people about stuff that they're, that they're interested in called Submerged with Dan Bublitz Jr. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it was your father's records, right? Where you basically yep, yep, were... Yep. My uh, father's yes. records was the, yeah. the podcast. And what I was doing is I was listening to records from my dad's record collection. Yeah. And kind of doing um, That's some nice. facts about... The, the you know the records and the time period and things like that so oh well very cool well um what brought you to the twin cities um uh, my my fiance her job brought us here okay ultimately she uh she works for uh u.s fish and wildlife so she took a, a promotion that brought us here okay very nice and um do you, how has the Twin Cities treated you and your comedy stylings? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, the Twin Cities has a pretty good comedy scene. Yeah. Um, 
you know, if you get out and go to the mics and stuff and the shows, I do a lot of touring, so I don't get okay. it out as much in All within right. the city as I'd like to because I'm on the road quite a bit. Yeah. What um what's a circuit for you, Dan? Well, I do a lot of stuff in the Midwest, but I mean, I'll go wherever they pay me. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I, that's essentially yes. it. But mostly, I do mostly the Midwest and the Upper Midwest. So I do a lot of shows. You know, like oh, you know, Montana, North Dakota, South yeah. Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota. So, well, I think I'm going to Ohio. You know, okay, November. So. It was back in 2018 when I had you on the show. I just did a really quick look. Um, so how was the comedy business during the time of COVID? Uh, it really wasn't. Yes, <laughs> of, I imagine. A lot, of, a lot of stuff got uh, canceled or postponed during COVID. So yeah. a lot of what people transitioned to doing, you know, more virtual yeah. comedy and and things like that i focused i put a lot of energy time and energy into my podcast uh -huh. uh, trying to make that the production quality better um getting you know because i had to work remotely i got a lot of bigger guests to do it yeah i was fortunate enough to have uh, people like louis anderson and chad daniels come on my podcast because i was working remotely so oh nice um, yeah so that's how i spent the pandemic just kind of working on that and then I also I also go to school for uh, marketing and business, so mm -hmm. I you know I had plenty of plenty of things to keep me busy. Is there is there a, is there themes in the uh, the stories that your guests have told you about bombing, and you know is there some common themes or is it unique? Uh, it depends on the story and the perspective okay. of the performer. I mean, because that's the cool thing about that podcast is that I, I talk to people from, you know, people who've only been doing comedy for, you know, less than a year to people like Louie Anderson, who's been doing comedy yeah. for 40 years. And so they all have different perspectives and, you know, kind of their own unique look at it and how they mm -hmm. feel about bombing. Yeah. Um, but there have definitely been some common themes and, and especially in how how to deal with the bombing. And, uh, you know, I mean, the common theme is that it happens to everybody. And if you're not right. bombing, you're probably not doing comedy correctly. It, it, the idea, right, is you you you've you've got to go out there and, and try different stuff and see. Um, yep. I don't know what you felt about the HBO show Hacks. I don't know if you've seen it or I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I liked um, it a lot, too. Now, I always worry. Um, I always think I have a really good friend who spent two tours in the Navy as a submariner. And so every movie that features a submarine, he can't watch because they have so much crap wrong. Right. <laughs> and so I always think of that, you know, I who've never done stand up, um, liked the two characters and the creative process, right? The idea of, um, and so I enjoyed it, but I was, I was almost reluctant to bring it up. It was like, oh, that, that piece of shit, Jesse, you know, they got everything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I know. I actually, I thought it was well done and I liked the different, the, the two different perspectives and angles on how they, I mean, and you do see that in comedy a lot where you have yeah. old time, you know, there are old timers or, 
you know, like road dogs and veteran comics that yeah. the, they have their way of doing it and that's the only way to do it. Or they haven't right. changed their act in 20 years, but they don't care because they're still getting booked. Right. And then you do see young, new perspectives and how they view the older generations. So yeah. I thought I thought they did a good job of capturing that. Yeah. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, aside from that, I thought it was a it was a cool angle where not only did they capture them perspectives, but making them work together. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that their their interaction between because it's very clear that Jean Smart character is very successful. She's really good at what she does, um, and you know, and slowly, and and she sees something in this young writer that in in this the idea right the conflict of personalities helps i'm always fascinated by the creative process and i think mm -hmm. they did a pretty good job of showing that um and you know and then they uh the younger character right keeps shooting herself in the foot so yep. uh it will be interesting and and it, I, I just well i'm glad to hear that i and i was really glad for jean smart because she's just she's amazing and she had a pretty good year she was really good in uh mayor of easton and then last year with uh watchman i you know she was just superior so oh absolutely uh, yeah so yeah. I, I was not surprised that she she won the emmy for that, yeah so. <laughs> yeah i wouldn't either um so uh you you also mentioned in the notes that you just recorded a new album you want to talk a yeah, little bit I about did. that yep. Yeah, so I just recorded a comedy album. I haven't got a release date yet because okay. we just recorded it uh, at the end of August. So it's been about a month now. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I recorded a, a comedy album in my basement, actually. Oh, how uh, funny. And the project is called Strangers in My Basement. That's what's going to be – that's going to be the name of the album. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I had uh, I had people – I just did – I turned my basement into, like, a comedy club, and I did shows down there. And I recorded them for an album. I did two shows, and I had you know good turnout on both of them. So I'm excited to to get that. You know, I have somebody doing the editing and the mixing and stuff. And I actually I I'm kind of dropping the ball on that because I I need to go back and listen to uh, listen to it and cut up the tracks and you know tell my editor some give my editor some notes. But um, I digress on that. Uh, but yeah, but it was cool. It was a, uh, it was something different. I wanted to do something that wasn't, you know, traditional as far as just going to a comedy club and recording an album. I thought I would do something different and it was fun, you know, cause I did do it at my house and I, you know, some of the people I knew, but a lot of the people I didn't, I got heckled by my cat, you know, he came downstairs <laughs> and was still in the show and like funny things like that happened during the show, which added to the experience. And uh, and now I'm actually I'm going to be doing other shows in my basement too because oh, I've got how it fun. set up set up that I can do shows. I got a stage and full lights and the whole nine yards. So very cool. Um, yeah, I guess it's it. You're almost doing like a bootleg. You know, this is you know recording it except it's going to be professionally done. But you know, it almost like you know the basement tapes or the you know that's that's yeah, pretty cool. Yep. Well, and that's kind of the inspiration was like the old, old school comedy party albums, like the right. house party albums. That was kind of the inspiration behind it. Very cool. Well, that's nice. Um, so, all right. You 
you talked about that one of the things you wanted to mention is uh, Tom Petty's Wildfires album. So why did you want to talk about that? Uh, because that's that's probably one of my all time favorite albums. Okay, um, I've uh, it, it came out uh, when I was in high school, and for whatever reason at that time in my life, I really the songs on the album really resonated with me. Uh, I'll, I'll just almost every song. It's an album that I can listen to forward and backwards, and I have no complaints. You know, I love every song on the album in fact i i even the re-release that they just did the wildflowers and all the rest was really good yeah um yeah i could just i could listen to that album over and over again and it's one of few albums where i could do that yeah um there sometimes there's something really special about an album that um just speaks to you and you enjoy listening to um mm-hmm. it's so very cool can can you articulate why this speaks to you so much, Dan? Why you love it? I, don't, I, I mean, I feel like some of it was just at, at a time in my life where, like, kind of, uh, where I kind of felt alone. Yeah. If that makes sense. And, and a lot of the songs kind of, kind of were about loneliness, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, particular, like, It's Good to Be King. That was a really good example of that yeah. you know where he's talking about you know being king but it's still lonely because you're by yourself and you're in you know yeah and things like that so there was a lot of that on it and when i was younger and i mean i still am even though i'm a comedian and you know that you know to be a comedian you got to have a thick skin or whatever they say i'm still very sensitive you know and i was always big into writing poetry and mm-hmm. and i've had always had more of a sensor sensitive side to me and this album just really resonated with that to me it was to me it was very poetic um and it really just, like I said, a lot of it had to just do with where I was in life. I mean, I was still, I was like 16, 15 or 16 years old when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. Were you able to see Tom Petty before you passed? I was not. That would mm-hmm. have been amazing. Tom Petty is one of my favorite artists. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, no, I did not get to see him live, which is pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know when he passed, and I, I don't think we talked about this the last time you were on. If it are, I, I apologize. But one of my favorite stories, and I hope it's true, is that, um, you know, Petty was going to be on a show with Bruce, one of these, not necessarily no nukes, but something, you know. And um, they told Tom, okay, be careful. Um, they're not going to be booing you. They're, they're saying Bruce and Petty supposedly said, is there a difference? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) And uh, so either way, it's like, get the hell off the stage, you know? Uh, (laughs) uh, So I swear, I hope that is a true story because I just, I think that says so much about just this sense of humor and everything. Um, Right. Yeah, I've yeah. heard other stories, too, like that, where it seemed like he had kind of a sense of humor. Yeah, absolutely. So do you you were in high school when you first got it. So were, did you anticipate it? Were you just like, oh, I want to get the new Tom Petty album or talk to me a little bit about how I you found really it? I didn't really anticipate it because I've never really necessarily been like 
big like music bop like i guess music has always kind of been in my life because my dad is a big music guy right i mean he has probably over 2000 vinyls he's yeah cds like i I remember growing up and you know it was first it was vinyls then it went to cassette and then Mm -hmm. to, to cds and anytime technology changed my dad you know he jumped on board right away with it he had yeah thousands of cds and then then when mp3 players came out he would he switched to digital but he still has all of this music all these cassettes all these cd's all these vinyls all these things so music was always kind of big in in my life but i didn't necessarily i wasn't necessarily keeping up with you know what was coming out or, right. or whatever you know um and i think a lot of it was it was for me too with with this particular one it was because it was a solo album which I thought mm-hmm. was unique for Tom Petty. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really anticipate it. It was probably more of a, oh, hey, this is cool. He put out a, a solo album. Let's check it out. Mm-hmm. Do you talked a little bit about the loneliness and, and kind of the feeling that um, it do you think that's why it's continued to resonate with you even after, you know, the, all these years and why you keep going back to it? I don't know about that now. I mean, I guess maybe a little bit. I, you know, I don't feel as yeah. lonely as I did then. Well, this is not even loneliness. It's more about fitting in, really. That's yeah. where the loneliness kind of stems from. Because okay. in high school, I never really felt like I fit in with any particular group. I was kind of a floater. You know, I had okay. friends in different groups or whatever, but I wasn't like necessarily in with the particular friends like most of my good friends now that i i from from grade school and high school we were all kind of in that outcast sure where we we didn't really fit in with any particular group so we you know we just formed our own group if you will so there's kind of that and you feel that way too like with comedy and stuff you know and the loneliness you're on the road a lot you spend a lot of time by yourself in your car or Mm -hmm. yourself in, in hotels and things like that um so I think it's a little bit of that, but I think more so it's just the nostalgia of bringing me back to when I was okay. in high school. You know, like that's a lot of it. Did um did you watch Kevin Pollock's documentary Misery Loves Comedy? Uh, I'm trying to think if I did. I feel like I did, and I <laughs> it's hard to like remember because I watched so many. I've watched yeah. so many documentaries on comedy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did watch that one, okay. but. There's quite a few documentaries on comedy, actually. Yeah. And um, I know that um, it, it, it is a it's, – it's that weirdness. I, I've had other stand-ups on the show, and, you know, we kind of – we talk about how difficult it is. It's very easy for me to be considered funny at work because – I'm at a work environment and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I make a quick comment or, a, you know, something funny and, Oh, you're hilarious. hilarious. It, it's the different dynamics of showing up on a stage, whether it's in your basement or in somewhere else. And the clobber, the people are sitting in the audience, like, okay, arms folded, be funny. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're immediately judging you before you even walk on stage. Yeah. You know, and sometimes they make that judgment that they don't like you before you even get on stage. And it makes it even harder yeah. to crack them. 
how do you what what are what are things you do to kind of get the audience on your side? Well, I when I a lot of it is all in just kind of how I approach the stage and and okay. how I approach my opening and whatever my opener may be, I try I try to basically do icebreakers where okay. you know, I try to give them a little bit of an introduction to who I am and I try to, you know, I I actually got a tattoo now that that's uh, kind of my my comedy mantra that I try yeah. to remember when I'm on stage. Uh, but three things that I try to do to try to remember is to be present, uh, smile, and have fun. Because if okay. I'm not having fun, the audience is going to see that. They're not going to want to have fun. You know, it's always good to smile when you're on stage. Because if you're not smiling, you're going to look like a grump. Yeah. And you need to be in the room with the audience. Because that's, you know, the audience knowing that you're there and you're, you're, you know, seeing the things that happen, whether maybe it was a heckler from earlier or, you know, a you know, wait staff drops a tray of drinks or something happens and you're there and you acknowledge it, it shows, oh, it's, it's togetherness there. You know, it's, it, it breaks away that separation from, oh, you're the star on the stage and we're just the audience, you know, it's like, oh, we're all in this together. This is a, this is a group event. Mm -hmm. Do you, how often do you, I'm going to use this in terms of music. Do you have a set set or do you, do you move it around and what you're going to talk about? I usually kind of prepare a set list before I go up, but okay. I don't have, I mean, I don't ever necessarily stick to that. Yeah. You know, like I have a general idea. I mean, I always know where I'm going to start and where I'm going to end. What happens okay. in between is, you know, whatever happens you know and that and a lot of times it is the jokes that i decide to do but it's not necessarily the order that i wrote it down in yeah you know something might happen and some of my jokes it just makes sense to tell them at that particular point so i'll go into that and then i'll go back to the stuff i didn't tell earlier and that kind of thing um because i think that you know that also helps with having the you know trying to be somewhat loose and spontaneous you know so you're not because there's some comics and I used to be this comic when I, when I first started doing comedy, I wrote everything word for word. And then I basically just recited it on stage. I was so scripted and that made me super tight and not very relaxed. Cause I was more concerned on hitting every word correctly than I was having fun and, you know, delivering the jokes in a way that would make them even better. Um, so for me, yeah, it's a matter of just having a start and kind of knowing where I'm going to end, and then we go from there. And it also depends on the different types of shows I'm doing and, like, the times, you know? Like, yeah. at most open mics, you do three to five minutes. If you're doing a MC job, you might be doing five to 15 minutes. Features, you know, you do 20 to 30. If, yeah. When you headline shows, it's 45 minutes plus. So that all has to play a factor in what I get ready as well you know if i'm only doing a five minute guest spot i'm gonna do what i think is my best five minutes you know yeah condensed so one of the things as you were talking about your script early in your career i think back to um joshua malena from west wing and sports night and scandal talked about that he was on the set of i think it was west wing but there was a 
the script came and there were two commas and it was obviously a typo. And, you know, he mentioned, or, or it wasn't two commas, it was the, the word was duplicated. And he's like, I, this is wrong. And they went, uh, we've got to ask Aaron, you know, and so <laughs> they oh, were just, yeah. you know, so, and, and he's, um, you know, they call Aaron and Sorkin and it's like, yes, it's, you know, what? then they go, well, which one of the duplicate words should we get rid of? <laughs> you know, that, that they were so, <laughs> so like, oh, oh God, we, you know, funny. he is, he is so scripted, uh, you know, um, and, 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 you know, and for a movie and, and when it, when it comes to somebody's movie or something, that's, you know, yeah. that's that's there. I mean, they wrote that piece of art. And if that's how they want it done, totally get that. Yeah. And, you know, but with stand up, you know, you can have it written to a certain word. But like I said, you you end up concentrating more on getting it right than, you know, delivering it in a way that's fun and and and. In audiences, you know, when you're there in the room and you're being loose and unscripted and having fun and doing all the right things, the audience is going to remember that show more because it wasn't just a comedy show. It was an experience that yes. they experienced, live comedy experience. Yeah, I, I think so. And I I, I think back often, um, you know, about the clubs I've gone to and seen. And, um, I, and I realize this is... Um, you sometimes have to separate the art from the artist, but uh, a a writer that I'm a big fan of called Mark Evanier um, had written for Welcome Back, Cotter, and he's he's show producer for Garfield and Friends. He's written all kinds of comic books, and he talked about going to see Bill Cosby way mm -hmm. before all the crap came out oh, about yeah, him, yeah. and he talked about that he went and saw him three or four nights in a row and he never could figure out when he went from just general kind of BS as he starts to his bit, you know, mm -hmm. like, like other words there was. And, and in fact, he said the third time I was there, he recognized me and started even a different way. And he says, and all of a sudden he was, I was like 10 minutes into him like, holy crap he's doing he's doing his set like like mm -hmm. when, when did he move over to that because that's how smooth he was and, yep. and i think that's similar to what you're talking about is um you can you can go in there and you're talking and you're filling the room and you're you're kind of breaking the ice and then you'll see an opening for oh here's a perfect time to tell this story or this joke you know, which will based on their, their feedback, right? You can, yep. they say Springsteen is that way. Like he will change the set list sometimes because of the energy and feedback he's getting from his audience. Yep. Yeah. And that, I think that's important, you know, Yeah. because it, like I said, it does show that you're in the room, you're paying attention to what your, your audience needs and wants, yeah. you know, I mean, for, and for comedy, I mean, I, one of the things I try to do when I open up is try to be immediately funny. That's yeah. the best way to get the crowd on your your side, and yeah. you know, because you're showing that you are funny and you do know what you're doing, and you know? so like within the first fifteen to thirty seconds, I try to have at least one laugh. Yeah, you know, whatever the joke is, just because that's going to show. Oh, okay, they do know what they're doing. He, you know, this yeah. is a professional. 
So um, not a comedy, but um, you, you, I always think when you're doing a presentation, whether it's in business or anything else, you want the audience on your side. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, um, I, I lost a really good friend of mine, Rick, and um, it was unexpected. And um, his um, widow said, you know, I'd like you to speak at the funeral, Jesse. I'm like, okay. And so, um, and I was the last speaker and the first one was, was really good. But the second speaker was amazing. She told such good stories and she was just articulate and beautiful and just really, really funny. Yeah, and well, so, that's a real skill, just yes. in, not just as a speaker, but in a speaking situation right. like that. Because I couldn't imagine right. trying to speak at a funeral, you know, yeah. somebody like close friend or relative. That's right. ooh. so I had had more of a personal talking about, you know, Rick. And so I, I stood up and I said, you know, Rick loved practical jokes and loved um, giving his friends a hard time. And I think ultimately me having to follow Linda is Rick setting the, <laughs> giving me a hard time. <laughs> and my son said, dad, you got them on your side immediately because they, they laughed just like you did. Like, oh, how funny. And then, you know, they kind of set the, like, okay, I'm not going to be as good as her. Um, but it was, it was a good moment. So I, I think that's incredibly important for us to do. Um, I'm just curious, how do you, I know how I find guests. How do you find guests for your podcast, Dan? And okay, by the so way, you, we're going all over the place, right? No, like, that's I, okay. Maybe, I just wanted to let you know. Yeah. You, you cut out. For oh, a no. Okay. Okay. How about now? End, anyway. Okay. Can you You're hear me back, now? but. Okay. Yeah. You cut out just a little bit. Okay. I, good. I heard the talk. You said your son yeah. observed that, that you had the audience on your side or, okay. you know, people on sure. your side. All right. I'll make a note of that. Um, so booking guests, how do you find people for the podcast? Uh, well, being in comedy, it's pretty easy because I usually book other comics for mm -hmm. that particular show. Um, but sometimes I just post things on the Internet if I'm looking for people, you know, but a lot of times I just reach out to people that I want to try to be on my podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, I live in an area where there's a lot of comedians, so I'll reach out to them or now that I do stuff remotely, you know, I send emails and things like that, not you know, sometimes people say no, and that's fine. But you, you're not going to know unless you ask. So I just try to ask. Um, for my my most recent podcast that I'm working on, you know, I just posted on on my Facebook to start just to see what kind of interest there would be. Told you know, I basically said, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is the premise of the podcast. If you have a particular interest in something that you would love to come talk about, fill out this form. And a whole bunch of people filled out the form. Turned out a lot of people were interested in not only, you know, the idea of the podcast, but being a guest on it. So, oh, yeah, like I would love to come on and either talk about Bruce or, mm -hmm. or podcasting or Doctor Who or or anything at all you want. Yeah, because that that would be fun. And and it I enjoy interviewing people um, of all I, I've done. And I still do a Doctor Who podcast where we 
we watch an episode and then kind of dissect it. But by far, it's more fun for me just to get somebody like yourself on the podcast and then just go wherever the stories take us. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's one thing I like about uh, being on that end too, doing like the interviews and stuff, and especially with this new podcast that I'm doing, because it, you know, for me, I'm learning a lot. And that's kind of the idea. It isn't just about... For one, I get my guests gets to share something that they love and that they're excited about, which is always awesome when people can share what they love. And when there's a platform for that, there's no judgment. It's not like I'm trying to get people on to make fun of them or roast them or whatever. I generally want to know about what they're into and why they're into it, how they got into it, like all these things. So it's fun to interview. And I learn not just about them and how they got into this, but I learn about it. You know, I've only recorded a couple episodes so far, but the first episode that I recorded, my guest was into indie nail polish. I didn't even know this was a thing, you know, and it's basically it's basically artisan nail polish. It's basically craft nail polish. Okay. It's handmade na- nail mixed nail polish is what it boils down to. Um and I learned a ton about it. it you know, and while I'm not going to go out and get into it, it was still fun to learn about. And it was cool to see how much that guest loved talking about that and how much joy talking about this thing that they love brought to them. Yeah. And that's what, so that's, and that excites me. Doing, being able to be part of that excites me and makes it so I even, you know, the podcast is even more exciting. And what's it going to be called? It's going to be called Submerged with Dan Bublich Jr. When do you think you're going to start? Are you are you trying to get a like a a yeah? Uh, I'm getting bank a handful. Of, okay, yeah, okay. I'm trying to get a bank before I release it. My plan yeah. is to release in November. Okay. I've got a couple already in the bank, and I've got a couple scheduled to record uh, next week. And you know, so yeah, so the idea. I'm still waiting on. Uh, I've got some friends that are in a, a band up here that are making me some theme music and oh, nice. a couple things like that. So I'm still waiting for a few little things, but yeah, the goal is to start releasing episodes in November. Oh, good. Well, good. What you'll have to email me. Um, and I'm banking shows in advance too. So this will probably not come out till the end of October 1st of November. So by then, you know, uh, I'll be able to say, oh, and you know, this, we talked about this on the podcast and it's now alive and good. Go. Oh, absolutely. I'll, and I'll send you the form too. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. That'd be, yeah. that'd be wonderful. That's super. Because that's the idea is, you know, to, to take a topic, you know, whether it's, a, you know, a fandom over a band or a TV series or just, you know, something that you're interested yeah. in. You know, I've got somebody hopefully lined up. They just want to talk about biology and science. And I think, you know, that's a cool subject. So it'll be interesting to see what they actually know about it. Oh, know, that compared, will be. Yeah. You know, that, so it's all kinds of fun things. I think that's a great premise. And I think it's it's interesting. And um, and you're right. It could be, um, you know, because I've had different people that um, love you know, every from John Hyatt to the Bee Gees to Leonard Cohen. And it's always interesting to hear them talk about their, the passion and how much they love that mm-hmm. and, you know, and to yep. kind of share that it's interesting. Oh, Good. absolutely. Yeah. And I like the idea that it's not limited, you know, right. like I'm not trying to be limited to a, a specific genre where, yeah. you know, it's not just, it doesn't have to be geekdom or, or music or 
television or whatever the fandom might be. It's like, I want to, whatever you're interested in, if you want to talk about it on a podcast, that's what I'm looking for, you know, because I want to learn about how, you know, I want to learn about part of it is learning about what they're into, but it's also about learning about people because that's really what I'm learning about, you know, how they got into it, you know, what attracted to attracted them to it very similar to your questioning at the beginning of this podcast where you were talking to me about why i like that particular album and why it resonates and things like that and it's the same kind of same kind of concept you know so i'm very excited about it yeah um i i've thought about it and i've decided that just this is um i had someone reach out to me and he uh dave said i he says i think you sell yourself short jesse i don't think you do a bruce springsteen podcast i think you do a podcast where you talk to people where the host happens to love bruce springsteen um and i said okay I, i will take that because i do enjoy other podcasters and and talking to them and talking about you know what's their concept and what we're going on and mm-hmm. you know i last year i had someone who does a you know a grief podcast and and bereavement and it was fascinating to hear her talk about that and in all the different processes um, was she so, from minnesota no she was actually oh. from the united kingdom oh okay well interesting because yeah. i just know there was uh there was a woman um from minnesota at one point i heard her on mark maron's podcast actually because yeah. she's written books and stuff but yeah. Did some, a lot of stuff dealing with grief and stuff after yeah. mm-hmm. did a TED talk and all kinds of stuff. But. Oh yeah. No, this was uh Carissa. She was from the UK and specifically um, with, um, with people of color and of other, not necessarily uh, Christian or J- Jewish beliefs and the grieving process. It was, it was really fascinating. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pretty, really enjoyed talking to her. Yeah, it, it it ended up being deep, it, it, and which was a nice change of pace, right? You can have no, absolutely, yeah, yeah deep and good. meaningful can make a great podcast. Absolutely. Um, so besides that, what else you got going on? So you're going to be doing uh, gigs in your basement. You've got a comedy album coming out. You're going to work on. You're going to you're going to have your second podcast. Um, yeah, I've got a a dry bar comedy special that'll be coming out next year. Okay. Uh, projected date is July 2020, but mm-hmm. still a ways away. Um, yeah. Got that. Uh, and then I'm just always working on comedy, working on the road, you know, trying to tour as much as I can and try to, you know, make a make a living out of this career called comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a guy on um, early and he talked about that he was from Australia he moved to the UK to pursue a, you know, a career in comedy. And like, he moved like in March of 2020. It's like, Oh no. (laughs) Just like, damn. You know, it just, okay. Let's talk about fun comedy. Right. It's like, okay. God does have a sense of humor because I'm now in this new country trying to figure out how it's going. So uh, I actually think, I don't. I think that that person sounds familiar. I feel like they hit me up about being on my podcast. I bet you they did. Yeah, because but at the time, yeah, I wasn't looking for guests because I got pretty backlogged on that podcast. Because that's the other thing. Uh, you if, when you have a podcast that a lot of people are into, 
as far as being guests on, you know, it's not hard to find guests, you know, like for my art of bombing, you were asking how I book. And a lot of times people reach out to me too. So I get so far behind that it's like, Oh, I just can't get everybody. (laughs) I had a similar problem and I, I may end up cutting this out, Dan, but you know, someone tweeted the link to that. I was looking for Springsteen fans and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, and I have people booked to like till November. And um, so I had to go into my calendar and like, okay, I need to not put only two days a week that I want to book. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to keep it open. So I had, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and all of a sudden like, Oh my God, I've got, I've got six recordings scheduled this week and I only, and I only, yeah, like, and I, it's, it's fine. I like talking to people, but it is kind of, well, Dan, um, I'm recording, you know, at the end of September, but it will probably be the middle of November before I get to your yeah, right? you know, episode. It's uh, that's just like, I, I'd forgotten all about that. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's no, good. I I can totally relate to that. That's how it was getting. I've actually put my art of bombing on hiatus for a little okay. while. I just needed. I've been doing it for like four and a half years. There's yeah over two hundred episodes out there. There's plenty of content out there around it, but I just needed to take a little break and focus on some other some other creative projects. And that's why I'm really excited about this new podcast because you know I've got all the equipment and gear. So I'm not wasting it, you know. Yeah, it can still use the gear, and I plan to bring the other my my art of bombing podcast back. But it's been interesting because I've still been checking some of my stats on that podcast. Yeah, and I feel like I'm getting more listens now that I've stopped <laughs> releasing new episodes. <laughs> I um, have that feeling sometimes where um, it and. I have just been able to put out two new episodes a week for a while, just because I've had so many people wanting to visit. And um, you see that, you know, podcasts from two, three months ago are still getting pretty decent downloads. You know, it's because people start at the beginning or go back and hit. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, there's a lot of completists out there that want to listen to everything. And uh, so, yeah, that's crazy. Well, good. Well, anything else you want to talk about or anything else you want to promote, my friend? I don't. I mean, I don't think I think we covered everything unless you I have think, any other questions for me. So I do not other remember. music stuff or anything. Did, did I ask you the Mary question when you're on the first time? I do not remember the what question, the Mary question, the Mary question. No, I don't. I, maybe you did. I don't know. Okay. It's been for me. 2018. That was a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> Another person. <laughs> All right. So if you so if, different headspace, so yes, I don't remember. If you don't, um, if you don't know the answer, I can cut this part out. But what I what I've started doing, um, and I may not have been doing this in 2018. Um, I end every podcast with the Mary question, and what that is is I tell my listener in advance to go listen to Thunder Road, the Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, okay. And, and then at the end of the song, does Mary get in the car? Because, you know, he says, you know, this is a town for losers. We're we're climbing, you know, it's Mary climb in. This is a town full of losers. I'm pulling out of here to win. And um, and so the it doesn't say, does she get in the car or not? So and that's the question I ask every guest. So do you know Thunder Road well enough to answer that? 
Or I do, do not. Okay, unfortunately. That's fine. All right. I've so... probably heard the song, and I I did not do my homework. <laughs> All right. Well, no, I didn't tell you in advance. So then, and I don't I... think we did this last time. All right. So <laughs> what I'll, do, I'll cut that out, and then what I'll do is uh, when you're ready to promote uh, the new podcast, uh, we may will have you on, or I'll I'll we'll set up some time for you just to do this because I'm not going to put this out to October. So in the next week or so, if you go, hey, Jesse, I've got 10 minutes. I've got the answer. I, you know, I've done my research. Well, I can tack this on at the end. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. All I, right. can, I can definitely go listen to it and, and give okay. you an answer. <laughs> that sounds good, my friend. All right. Uh, if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Uh, the best re- way to reach me is uh, my website, which is danbooblitz.com. And that booblitz is not spelt the fun way. It is B-U-B-L-I-T-Z. If you put it in the fun way, I don't guarantee what you'll find. Or I'm on all social media platforms at dbooblitzcomedy. Very nice. I will include that uh, in the show notes. Um, Dan, continued success. It is so great. Uh, catching up with you. I appreciate you joining me. And yes, send me the form. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Oh, I absolutely will. Yeah. And yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. No problem. Talk to you soon, my friend. Listeners, you go get vaccinated. Let's stay safe. Let's be be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Thank you for everything. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation. And I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash... And right now, who does? You can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking. Hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.